Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, the like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Steve Rosenblum with you. Time for Suckage Roll Call. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, Brian. it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Chris Rock. I suck so bad, they used to pick me after the white kids. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not going to make anyway. You guys are suck. Hey, when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh, my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. Steph Curry. We suck tonight. We'll get better tomorrow. Just a rough night. So uh, no real explanation, really. Just got uh, got beaten every facet of the game. Terry Bores. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Finally! There is a god! Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. St. John. Sucks to me. Ross Perot. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. Devin McCourty. Sucks to end the season that way. Nick Chubb. One of the things that stuck, in, that stuck to us when, when he came here, he said, you know, you got to embrace the suck. Pat McAfee. There are some commentators that f- suck out there. Nicholas Ehlers. Uh, yeah, uh, not a fun morning. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um Chris Ballard. And now we get we lose these last two games and we just suck. And the newest addition to our Saturday suckage roll call, Giannis. We suck. Played bad. They made shots. They played good. They played better than us. Mark Grody. 
Do you and Trash Panda rehearse this sucky open? Because it is just something of beauty. I have your obsession, your project. I just picture you at your home just scouring for anybody who says suck and then immediately calling Trash Panda and saying, I got a new one. I got a new one. <laughs> yes, I did that one day. I went down the suckage, the audio video suckage rabbit hole and pulled out a bunch of these that oh this is great this is great in fact i i emailed i said i don't know who this despite my lifelong affinity for both hip and hop and rap uh-huh. i had no idea who saint john was but then i looked him up and i and i sent an email i said do we know him do we like him do we want him put him in there and but we've had contributions too, like Julie Swika. Our friend Julie Swika helped us yes. with Avenue Q. Yes, she did. And that was a few weeks back when and, we when we only had fifteen entries. <laughs> and and Chris Tannehill has sent us. I think he sent us Chris Ballard recently. He sent us Aloy to start with, and somebody else. Somebody a texter I think said, "How can you have a suckage roll call?" And not have Terry Bores in it. There must be some, some, something in the vault with Terry Bores on it. And you guys found it. Nice job. Yes. And then, did you see what Trash Panda sent out today? The tweet he sent out today announcing the show that will have Chris Emma on of the score and Rick Camp of the score. It's it's from Wayne's World. And it, Trash Panda, share that with the class for those who didn't see it. Oh, the famous scene where Garth is getting his hair cut by the suck oh, yeah. cut. And he's yeah. The right. flow it certainly beat. does suck. Well, why why hasn't that been put into the roll call? That's a failure on my part, I guess. That's my favorite movie, too. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It just never occurred to me. Plus, Trash Panda, this gets you closer to your goal of an entire segment of <laughs> Steve's Open. Yes. So you don't really have to do much of anything other than press the buttons for the suckage roll call. Yes, there we go. Yeah, I got to make a new hockey, hockey page in here. We're running out of, I'm running out of room. <laughs> there we go. All right. So we are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The Tech Zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com and that number is uh, 312 what number is it I forgot I was about to give 644 67 67 I got you give out my own thank you very much that's That's the phone number and the text line it is so that's you know, it's only he, been the same number for like 10 years, Steve. Right. So my, hey, hey, Steve is, has a different obsession and a different focus right now, and that's yeah. suckage roll call. Kinda he can't be expected like, to remember phone numbers at this point. That's right. So, Mark Grody... Let's go over this. There's Bears news, sort of news, potential news. Let's start with this. This was a tweet from the Mully and Haw show. I don't know if it was Mully or Haw or Dustin William William Rhodes, who books (laughs) all the gambling guys who sound like Muppets. But it said NFL source says Green Bay quarterbacks coach Luke Getze would be more inclined to join the Bears as O.C., Rather than moving up with the Packers, Matt LaFleur won't give up play calling. Getze would run his own show with the Bears. As we know, Nathaniel Hackett left the Packers to become the head coach of the Denver Broncos. So let's start there, as that's the biggest news, because that involves the biggest player, most important player, the future of the franchise on this team. What What do you know and what do you think? First of all, I love the name because it sounds like the, a nickname of Getz. Like his name, it should be Luke Getz, and everybody just calls him Getzy. What's up, Getzy? So he's Luke Getzy. Look, I, there's always that conflict, that conundrum when you're getting a coach from a great quarterback, from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers. Is Luke Getzy is his name out there because of Aaron Rodgers? And obviously, you know, there is there is credit that always does go to coaches, even if there are all world guys. But he, you know, that's it, not a bad guy to learn from and be around for Luke Getzy. And the idea of a young offensive coordinator coming to the Bears from the Packers organization. 
is fine with me. I mean, it doesn't blow me away. Like, like none of these guys, like even Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, throw Luke Getze into the pile of guys whose resumes look good. It looks great on the surface, but I have no idea if Luke Getze can come in and, and call plays and be good at that because you can't mess around this year. The Bears have had scattered play calling for the last four years. It's been a huge problem. In-game coaching has been a massive issue for the Chicago Bears for four years. So to bring in a guy who hasn't done it in Luke Getze, while on the surface, resume-wise, all of that stuff, it seems nice, but this is certainly far from a slam dunk. Well, he's never called plays in the NFL, which, right. which is is like – you know, several games behind Matt Nagy, and we saw what a disaster Nagy was. I mean, Nagy exactly. Was, it's That's what I mean. Like, you just can't. Unfortunately, the Bears have put themselves in a situation where you can't take chances on stuff like that. And I guess they are, by definition, taking a chance on the two big names that they hired in Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus because they have never done their jobs either. So I don't know that it's a great idea to continue to bring in now coaches with less experience. Well, you know, it's not even a question. Sometimes you ask the question, where does the coach, where does the quarterback end and the coach begin? That's not even an issue with Luke Getze because Aaron Rodgers had already won his one single solo Super Bowl. Imagine that. You have Aaron Rodgers for 17 years. All you do is win one Super Bowl. Well, it's good that they, at least they got that. You know what I mean? This could have been hell for Aaron Rodgers. And like zero, imagine if he had zero. So he got. It's almost like the 2016 Cubs. Thank God the 2016 <laughs> Cubs won the World Series that year. You know what I mean? Because that puts away a lot of debates and a lot of loser talk. And that's the same thing for Aaron. At least he got that one. You know something that was pointed out to me after the the Packers lost last week was that if Jake Cutler didn't get hurt in that NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers might never have played in a Super Bowl to It's this an point. interesting thought, man. It really you is. Look at, like, Aaron Rodgers played bad in that NFC Championship against the Bears. Like, bad. Just outright sucked. And Aaron Rodgers has quite the losing streak at home in the playoffs, doesn't he? For a diva like that. But the greater the diva, the, the greater the disaster. So, so anyways, he's... The one thing Luke Getze has been around is, Getsy. and again, this is so much fun laughing at Aaron Rodgers, is that the Packers the last three years have won more games than any team that's never appeared in a Super Bowl. Three straight years. That, that, that three-year span. And Luke Getze has been there. So the regular season's kind of covered, and the playoffs are just the, the kind of choke. We talked about it last week with the Wiener Circle, how they were going to give. And it wasn't a matter of if. Aaron Rodgers choked against the 49ers. It was, they said when he chokes, we're going to give away free fries with Wisconsin's finest cheddar cheese on top. And they <laughs> did that on Sunday at the bar there. So, so Rodgers had won his Super Bowl when Luke Getze comes into this as a quality control coach and works his way up, and he's a quarterback coach. So I don't, I, I don't know what your, the play calling thing, as you say, is a massive problem because we've seen how big of a problem it can be. However, the one thing about you're hurting your rival ostensibly, if they were going to move him up to offensive coordinator, then you're hurting your, your greatest rival, the team that just kills you. And Luke Getze at least knows why Rodgers owns the Bears. Just, just ask him. But, yeah. But, but without with a different version of Matt Nagy, the one hope you have, the one hope I have anyways, is – that he that Luke Getze is used to or can be can understand the value, the need, the the imperative to coach players, not fetishizing schemes and Peachy Keenanito plays, you know, you drop on a cocktail napkin that don't have one connection from one play to the next. And and you know what? If if Luke Getze, let's say he gets sees the job and he's the guy, and he develops the gotta-have-it, go-to play on third and one or fourth and one, the one that everybody knows is coming, and too bad, you can't stop it, and the Bears get that first down, he will be miles ahead of Matt Nagy, who never did it in four years. I will say that if Luke Getze is to come in, that despite the lack of 
of experience calling plays. I am positive that if he if he is given the big packet of plays that were called last year, he would look at some of those plays that were called on third and one or fourth and one and say, "Wait, wait, what? What did they do here? What? What is? <laughs> what is that? What? No, 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 no. You don't do that." So hopefully somebody like that could, Getsy, or anybody who comes into the position, can restore order. You know, just get it to a a a baseline, and then build from that. Like there was so many things. Like Matt Nagy's brain was so far ahead of he came to the Bears thinking that he had the talent that was in Kansas City. Knew he didn't, but he wanted to do every single thing the same way, from all the trick plays in 2018 to everything that he tried to jam down Mitch Trubisky's throat for years to even extending it over to to Justin Fields. And I know a lot of that was Bill Lazor with the play calls. And and now it is it is time for somebody to come in and whether it's Matt Eberflus or whomever his coordinators are, just restore order, get things back to a baseline, and coach with the personnel you have. I'm so turned off by by Matt Nagy's his forcing guys into the system as you said before, and I'm already tired of hearing about Matt Eberflus's four three and the Tampa two and how it's got to be that. I, who knows? Maybe Eberflus will be more flexible, and I understand that when you run a certain defense, many times you are not in that. The Bears run a three-four, but many times throughout a game, they're not in a traditional three-four. And it's the same thing with the four-three and the Tampa two and whatever defense you are running. But it would be refreshing to hear a head coach or coordinator just say, "We are going to coach to the skills these guys have, and we don't have to force it into a precious system." It really turns me off. Well, we'll. See- see if um, Bruce Springsteen, I, I always want to say Bruce Springsteen and the Eberflus band, and it was just shortened <laughs> to E Street. That's a new one. Yeah, so we're going to work on that. But since we last met, Mark, um, the Bears have a GM, Ryan Poles. They have a coach, Matt Eberflus. They have other members of the staff. They are looking to Philadelphia to add Ian Cunningham and probably promote him to assistant general manager. This is a Ryan Poles connection. So we're dealing with... We're dealing with the Colts, we're dealing with the Chiefs, we're dealing with the Eagles, these organizations. And of all the moving around, and what you talked about is Eberflus as a student of the of the cover two that we're very familiar with here. We know which players are important in that. But there's a bigger question of which players are important, period, to this football team, given the actual bodies there. So I want to take a break and come back with a trade idea that I want to run by you and our one listener, our audience, and the many textures we have. That sounds great. All right. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. We'll be joined at 1140 by Chris Emma of The Score. We'll talk Bears with him. And at 1 o'clock, Rick Camp will talk Bulls and food, and food will be much more interesting because the Bulls aren't. They just, that's just the way it goes. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Chicago, I'm excited to be here, ready to get to work. Bear down. Well, that was Matt Eberflus. Not Flusy. Not Eberflus. Not not very Eberflusive. Not certainly not like Dan Cannibal, detailing which body parts he would gnaw on as he gets the Lions to a Super Bowl or a Stanley Cup, whichever comes first. So we will hear from Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, the new GM. Ryan Poles, the new coach, Matt Eberflus, on Monday, 11 a.m. You'll hear it right here on The Score. That will be their first press conference. So they're they're looking around. The latest NBC Sports reports now that the, the Bears are interviewing, requesting interview, looking at Sanjay Law, the Jaguars wide receivers coach, as their offensive coordinator. I mean, this is really all over the place. You, there are some dots to connect that I have no idea, Mark. Pep Hamilton is supposedly interviewing today, I think, out at Hallis Hall. So that's a possibility. And we know we know Pep Hamilton. He's been here, and I don't know if that's OC or quarterback's coach. He could make he, a lateral move with Houston because they fired their coach. Everybody's free. Much like the reason Chris Tabor's in, in Carolina now. Yeah, well, I think that Pep Hamilton is – he's kind of got it good right now because – he worked with Davis Mills last year, and I think that part of him is, yeah, he's going to play the Bears against the Texans. I think he would like to have a more important role with the Houston Texans, but who knows what the hell that franchise is doing. And, yes, Pep Hamilton was with the Bears back in 07, 08, back when he was a youngin'. He's, Pep Hamilton all of a sudden has become a guy that has been around forever. He's All of a sudden he's 47 years old. He's been everybody's quarterback's coach. He was an offensive coordinator with Stanford, so he, he does have experience in play calling, but at the college level. I don't believe that he has called plays in any way, shape, or form unless it was a one-off like in a preseason game or something, as some coaches will do. So, And by the way, we'll hear more about about Mr. Hamilton and what Mark heard, if I may just tease wow. the nearly award-winning segment for later uh, on. And that'll be top of the hour. That'll be uh, at noon. We'll do that. So so the other news, among other news, there's just names flying all over the place, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, NFL Network, blah, blah, blah. Chicago, as requested permission, is all set to interview Philadelphia Director of Player Personnel Ian Cunningham for an elevated personnel position. So what that means is they want him to do the same thing, and they're give, probably give him a title like assistant GM. That's what Ryan Poles wants. So Cunningham really comes from good pedigree. He came to he came, he went started with the Ravens and ended up in Philadelphia. So he has seen the growth and the care and feeding. I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts and you say, hey, yeah, Justin Fields. That's it. There's a there's a similar thing going on there. So you you go through the Lamar Jackson years. You go or whatever. Whatever players that Baltimore found, that, that what the Ravens develop, what the Eagles have done, and then there's Nick Sirianni going in there playing rock paper scissors and getting the Eagles into the playoffs. There are there there's a good pedigree there. And then I looked at I looked at what Iberflus wants to do with with coming from the the Tampa two. One of the most important positions in that defense is Lance Briggs, right? Weak side linebacker. Sure. 
you, you're also dealing with the most important position, the most important player, the most important human being in Hallis Hall is Justin Fields, right? 100. Okay. So, <clears throat> you have to protect that, right? And the most, most important position to protect that is your left tackle. Would you trade Roquan Smith for a left tackle? <laughs> oh, my God. What's more important in the NFL this year? Well, that, well that, that, that assumes that you have already given up on Tevin Jenkins and have decided that that's a big, fat bust, because that's exactly what you're saying is that Tevin Jenkins is a straight bust if the Bears have to trade po- possibly their best defensive play. Off the top, no. Off the top of my head, no. 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 The answer is no. I would not make that deal. <laughs> sound like Don Cooper. I know. Now. That's what I was going for. Yeah, no. I really was forced into the issue. But yeah, no, no, I don't think so, Chief. I No, I would not trade Roquan Smith. It is not just because I love Roquan Smith and Bears who have, have worn the number 58. It's because I have a little more faith in Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum as being really good tackles in this league. I mean, I know it was a rough ride for Tevin Jenkins last year, but let's not forget that he was one of the most sought after left tackle or tackles, I should say, in in the draft, even though he fell to the Bears in the second round. He's a right tackle in my mind. I know he played left. I also know that the Bears put him in a position to fail. And Matt Nagy had a lot to do with that. I'm just saying that's the way it worked out. But there the, the idea of Ian Cunningham, and here's why I bring this up. The the Philadelphia story is this Jordan Melata is a third ranked Third highest ranked tackle according to Pro Football Focus. Ty. All right. He's six foot eight. He's Van Horn. 346 pounds. He's quick. He's like a wrecking ball. He's a former rugby player. I mean, the story gets really good, but this guy can play football. The third highest ranked left tackle according to Pro Football Focus this year. Oh, you got a guy. I got, you a, got guy. a guy. He yeah. got his start playing left tackle. Well, he's a former rugby player who decided he wanted to play football by watching, this is great, The Blind Side. <laughs> Isn't that great? That you is watch The Blind Side. So, hey, that's inspiring. Yeah. You know? And when he got to play in Philadelphia, he replaced a guy with a last name of Peters. Mm, Jason. And just to talk about his strength a bit Landon Dickerson who is a, an Eagles guard took Melana who's a Australian took him to an indoor golf facility the kind where you're just banging it against the screens right you've seen those right yeah well Melana split a golf ball he split it in half wow so he's not fat and he and he's pretty diligent in the <laughs> weight room okay. if you're wondering about that but the question remains if that's so important, if Justin Fields is that important, why would you leave it to a guy who was not was not at that position, was injured, was coming back, was learning how to play that position? And if you were to, and they're the same age, both are twenty four, both both Mylotta and Roquan Smith are twenty four. I think that he that Tevin Jenkins has the physical tools, the quickness, the athleticism to be a left tackle. So you and I differ on that. It is going to be interesting, though, because you you bring up this hypothetical, and Ryan Poles is going to have to answer a lot of these questions, and I love it. I love that there's a fresh slate and that we could ask these questions (laughs) and that there might be different answers. That that is what – or even if there aren't directly different answers to us when we have the press conference on Monday, 11 a.m. here on The Score, at least we, we could see different things happen. Even if they're not transparent about it, these guys are going to have their own biases. They're going to have their own idea of who is valuable and who is worth trading and who is worth developing, who is worth being your left tackle. So I, I just want to know from you straight up, Steve, This is I love trade proposals, and this is a well-thought-out, well-researched by you especially since you have a guy. Would you do that trade? Yes. you do it? Yeah, okay. I don't know that anybody's going to give you a left tackle and a, and a, a texture says, no one's going to give you a left tackle for a middle linebacker. And I said, I'm not asking to give, and he's not necessarily, Roquan Smith is not necessarily a middle linebacker anymore. In, this, in a cover two scheme, he could be Lance Briggs. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And when so he, he might be a weak side linebacker who gets to punish people and gets to, and can chase them down and and may not have to run 40 yards downfield the way Brian Urlacher did. I mean, Brian Urlacher was such a freak, such a spectacular oh, yeah. freak that you could run he could run 40 yards downfield with the tight end if needed be and he'd still come up and make the tackle. The the Lance Briggs position, if you heard Rod Rod Marinelli on the score and you've, you've we've heard so much cover 2 discussion, the Derek Brooks, the Lance Briggs, all of that lineage lead you to believe Ryan that Roquan Smith would be spectacular in that role. But that's still you know, if you look at offense versus defense in last week's spectacular games, you're going to have to play defense. And the Niners just the Niners were the team that played spectacular defense and special teams to to shut down the the diva from Wisconsin. But but there's such an emphasis on the offense, and if you're dealing with a future of your franchise in in Justin Fields, my issue is protecting him first. And if I have a chance to get that kind of tackle, guy with the same age, and no one's going to give you a tackle unless there are contract problems. I mean, do the, one of the discussions we've heard this week is, do the Bears approach Roquan Smith about giving him the extension now? Do they do it now? Do they get ahead of this game? Do they not wait till it gets close? Right? Yeah. And, and again, I, we don't know what the what the what value Ryan Poles puts in a you know a linebacker who's played for four yeah. years who appears to be on the upswing and it does appear he's going to get a, a nice chunk of change from somebody but who knows what Ryan Poles hey since he played offensive line he might dig your trade idea that's for sure and then defensively what I have realized is and I hate saying this because I. I don't like – like, I've always hated the terminology bend but don't break, but that's the way def- – if you're a bend but don't break defense in this NFL with going up against the elite teams, the teams that we see now in the postseason, those games to which you referred earlier, bend but don't break is pretty awesome because if you're keeping teams out of the end zone and you're holding them to three even though they're they're getting between the 20s with ease, they're coasting, if you hold teams to a field goal – Good for you. So if you're building, I think if you're building a defense right now, stop them from scoring six, and you're in good shape just for a while until this until the NFL changes again in ten years and it goes back to something a little bit more even, shall we say, between two, the two sides of the ball. Well, the the thing I like about Eberflus's defense and and Eberflus's approach is the same thing I loved about Lovey's approach. The the while you're talking bend but don't break, and everybody drops to their their landmarks, and they're all eyes in a cover two or on the quarterback or on the ball, wherever it is, ball carrier, whatever, quarterback. But the the emphasis on takeaways, it, the fact that his defense is in has been top ten in takeaways the last three years and doubled what the Bears did last year, and we've seen the precipitous fall in the Bears, and and most notably in, 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 the, in the person of, of Eddie Jackson, who got paid and then did nothing, and – that has been a spectacular de- devolution of the Bears' defense. And what happens is with this defense, another reason to love this is if he can teach it the way Lovey did and the Bears can get takeaways, you're giving Justin Fields that many more possessions, that many more chances to learn, to score, to shine, to soar. And I, I love that opportunity. I love the way I love the way that complimentary football works. Let me put it that way. From the 773 area code, I think I'm with Steve, Crazy Dave. Get a badass lineman the next five to six years might be worth Roquan. Um, from the 312, a healthy Mac Quinn, Roquan Smith could be a very dangerous crew next season. Don't trade Roquan Smith. I mean, we've all been sitting here waiting since 2018 to see some sort of version of that defense in terms of height of play. I mean, mm-hmm. they were able to attach the word elite to 2018, and now they're, again, order must be restored. And there are there are so many really good names on this defense. Mentioning those three right there with Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack, and um, 
and Robert uh, Quinn. Robert Quinn. I don't know why Robert Quinn's name didn't want to come to my brain. Jalen Johnson. Key Mix is probably out of here at yeah. this point, but there still is enough talent on this defense to resurrect it. Now they're at the they're at the tail end because of the ages of some of these guys to where you can really pop and have a really good year defensive. I'm not expect I've put away elite, but just to get it back to where there aren't the jarring explosive plays against this defense, I think is still attainable. Well, we will continue this discussion with Chris Emma, who covers the Bears for the score, and we'll continue the football talk. Uh, he's Mark Rohde. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're talking Bears, and and Mark, are we agreed that Ryan Poles is not the best left tackle in the building? I do, do agree we, with that. Okay. You know, All I, right. Yeah. Yeah, I do, Steve. And I know that was a serious question. Yeah, I just want to make sure that the GM is not the best left tackle in the building, so at least there's some hope even if they don't make my trade. Uh, You're fine, Steve. You're fine. Saturday suckers, of course. (laughs) We suck so you don't have to. You can tell, right? Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Don't we all? Welcome and welcome back. Steve Russell and Mark Rody with you. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score we are going to. The score's hotline. And guests joining us on the score hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome back to our show, to our airwaves, Chris Emma, covers the Bears for the score. Chris, how you doing? What's up? How we doing? We're doing just great. When is your time to interview as the Bears' offensive coordinator? <laughs> you know, it's uh, proven they're going to do some thorough interview processes. That's what I found the last two plus weeks of this. So, yeah, I think I'm up uh, tomorrow morning. So the idea of a guy from Green Bay who's never called plays or Pep Hamilton who has, and last he was in Houston, which is a dumpster fire, and now there's a report that the Jaguars wide receivers coach is a interviewing for this have no idea what is what has to satisfy certain rules and what's legitimate what do you know what do you think what do you uh, believe is their best avenue the quickest for success you know i i think luke getsy the packers quarterbacks coach has potential i i like anybody who's been involved with that kind of system that matt lafleur's had obviously it's a different type of scheme you're going to operate here in chicago but uh, I'm certainly intrigued by the upside there. Uh, keep an eye on Mike Kafka as well, the uh, Chiefs quarterbacks coach right now. He's next in line to their OC position if Eric Bieniemy is hired. If Bieniemy is passed up once again in this cycle, Andy Reid has blocked interviews for Kafka before. I think he'd be okay with Kafka leaving. And I think Kafka, the Chicago native, the Northwestern product, would be comfortable taking this spot because it's a chance to run this offense as your own, to build your own scheme, to develop Justin Fields. There's going to be a lot of intrigue to taking this position and being the offensive coach alongside a defensive head coach. So uh, keep an eye on Kafka as well. Chris Emma joining us on the score. He and I will both be present live in person at Hallis Hall on Monday at 11 a.m. for the introductory press conference or conferences for the new GM, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus as well, the new head coach. Again, 11 a.m. on the score. And, Chris, I know you've always been a process guy from sitting next to you out at Hallis Hall. <laughs> um, you love process. What have you thought? I want to back it up. What have you thought about the the Bears' hiring process in landing Poles and Eberflus? And what what has been your reaction to those specific hirings? Uh, who doesn't love a good process, right? You know, it's, uh... <laughs> That's what you're always telling me, man. <laughs> I think they did this right. I, I, I give them credit. And I was skeptical about how they would approach this because it's still George McCaskey and Ted Phillips signing off on these hires. It's the same song and dance that we've seen with failed uh, choices before, but uh, at the very least, I like the way they handled this. Bill Pullian clearly had a lot of input. I like the names that they brought to the table. They were thorough throughout. But most importantly of this all, they, they found their general manager, and then they stepped aside. And that was Ryan Poles' pick. Uh, he's confident in his decisions. 
Uh, he stepped up to the plate and he made the choice that he felt was best for the Bears. And we'll see if it works out. And clearly, this is all Ryan Poles' show now. But I appreciate the fact that this wasn't an arranged marriage. Uh, Ryan Poles had his input before he was even signed off and hired as general manager. The, one of the questions, of course, is who do you want as your head coach? And they identify those targets. Matt Eberflus was the first finalist in the search. He was the first person requested for that second interview. That was Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles felt strongly about Matt Eberflus. Uh, did a thorough process with Jim Caldwell and Dan Quinn as well. But he found his guy. And I see some of the potential that he does in Eberflus. Uh, come back to me when we know who the offensive coordinator is going to be and what that system is going to look like. But uh, I see the upside in this. We're talking with Chris Emma of The Score, talking Bears. The uh, Well, Mark and Chris are talking process, so let's talk about the process. What did you think about the process of George McCaskey as the Uber driver picking up Ryan Poles? <laughs> I want to investigate if he does that for everybody. Obviously, that one was spotted, but uh, it seems like a very George McCaskey thing to do, right? I mean, he's not the kind of guy who's... You know, he got his uh, luxury auto service driving him around everywhere. He's the kind of guy who will pick you up at the airport. If you've <laughs> ever been asked to pick up somebody at O'Hare, you are a saint. It's an do. act of like, love. It's an act it of is. love. I, yeah. I know me personally, probably you guys as well. I don't want to speak for you here, but I'm looking for any reason to get out of that. So yeah. tip your Captain George McCaskey. It's a classy move. But I think I, I, I want to point this out. I loved it. I thought it was great. I did it was too. Adorable. Thank you for saying that. And the it, reason, it wasn't worth making fun over ripping on. Thanks for but go on, Steve. Right. But, I, but one of the reasons why is I want to, it, it, whether it's just the folksiness of George being George and then we're family and that kind of thing. Okay. Maybe they actually found out something. That sells a candidate. That that maybe Ryan Poles had another. I don't know if he had other offers that were serious, or he was going someplace else, or that that he was thinking of. You know, just I, I'm going to withdraw my name. Whatever it was, maybe the Bears actually in the process in their homework they found out something that sold him, and that was the kind of personal touch that he wanted to see or that he liked seeing. That that went into his decision. That that I'll, I'll give the Bears the possibility that they did their due diligence and didn't bears it up the way Ted and George usually do. And the other thing is this, that there was much discussion about and laughter over this whole thing that George did that. And, you know, you know, you send a, you send a car service there. You, you, you send a private jet. You would, do you know what the giants did for Joe Shane, the guy they would hire for their GM? They put <laughs> no. him on a commercial flight and they got him a middle seat. In the back row. Yes, and the back row. They've given up on it. Yeah, they did. And and he said, I'd have flown on the wing if I was going to get this job. Oh, wow. So really, everybody, we all all project on the way they should do it. And you know what? If you had a private jet, that would be a great way to go. Whatever. But that's what the the New York Giants, they put their guy in a middle seat near the bathroom. And I would want to be near the bathroom at my age. It's a very important consideration, but I want an aisle seat so I can, don't have to disturb somebody when I go every 10 minutes. You know, but in all seriousness with George McCaskey, now consider this. Ryan Poles was supposed to get on a flight and hop up to Minneapolis to go interview for the Vikings general manager job, and it seems like he was one of their first targets. Uh, the Wilfs up in Minneapolis are some of the best owners in all the sports, great people to work with. But Ryan Pohl stuck around for George McCaskey. And George McCaskey, for all the beatings that he takes in Chicago and all the criticism and skepticism, and rightfully so, of course, he's somebody you want to work for if you're Ryan Poles. Like, he's a loyal general manager. Uh, he treats you well. Uh, and he gets out of your way when you want to make your football decisions. Like, this isn't somebody who's overbearing. And I, I know there's been a lot of thoughts about what Ted Phillips does in football decisions, but he truly does stay out of the picture and lets the general manager lead those football ops. So... Uh, there's a lot of upside to working for George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, and Ryan Pulse clearly is an example of that. I mean, like, Chris, during that press conference, it, one of the greatest things that George revealed to us, and I did think it was a huge revelation because, uh, you know, there was so much other stuff that it didn't get much attention, but it blew me away when he shared the story about Matt Nagy coming to him to ask about the quarterbacks and Justin Fields. What do I do? What do I do here? And George McCaskey revealed that he told him, I don't want anything to do with this. This is you, yeah. what goes on on the field. It's up to you. So that's the epitome right there. 
Yeah, and it's why forever that George has resisted putting that layer in between the general manager and Ted Phillips. He wants that general manager to be empowered. He wants the head coach to be the leading voice of, uh, in terms of representing the team and having that kind of dynamic. The word that we've heard, collaboration. He wants that collaborative uh, spirit between his head coach and GM and leading this thing forward. So yeah, that George admitted he was uncomfortable that Nagy asked him that question. Uh, I don't know if anybody really wanted to hear that or if that was going to inspire any confidence, but it was certainly worth noting. You know what it is, Steve? We need to make collaboration good again because it's a dirty word in sports circles in Chicago, but it's actually a great word. So let's make collaboration good again. Well, I don't want to – it depends in what in what context because what it does is it, it, it absolves a particular person of blame and everybody gets the blame. And I don't want everybody getting the blame. You stand up. You stand up and you, you wear it, whatever you're doing. You take the blame. You yeah, take you're the, the GM. You're the you head coach. Decision. You pound the table, yeah. So I got a question for you guys that you bring up you, you that moment when that when George says Matt Nagy went to him and asked about and which was the opposite of what Hub reported and Hub reported that George said play the kid <clears throat> and that that explained the turnabout and so there each side is I confess they're wrong whatever they're doing would that be the week because we don't know. Would that be the week that George hired Bill Polian as his consultant? <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting but question. But if your head coach comes to you and says, what do you think, George? You're not a football evaluator. What do you think yeah. we should do with the most important position in sports? I don't know. I think I think you don't hire a guy over there. Maybe you make a phone call to somebody, somebody that you look up to and you're like, hey, Dave Bill, so I had my – Quarter or my head coach asking me this. What should I? I, I don't well, know that that's like I got to hire somebody as much as I, I need to consult with somebody. But I don't know, Chris, what do you think? You know, I, I'd love to know when that timeline began. I, I asked George McCaskey in that very press conference that what led you to keep him at Nagy around as long as he did because Nagy was the one for who was a lame duck as clear as day for those last six, seven weeks. And at the same time, developing your franchise quarterback in a pivotal rookie season. I didn't like that. I don't know if Matt Nagy liked it, frankly, the fact that he was you know, forced to stick around with this one and be put in a really uncomfortable situation. But George's response to me was, well, we had this process kind of underway, referring to Bill Polian. So I don't know when Bill Polian was first contacted, but I'm going to guess it was probably sometime around November and when Nagy's place on the hot seat became really clear. This is being reported or being written out on uh, NBC Sports Chicago. The um, Steve Smith's Steve Smith Sr.'s Cut It Up podcast, Alan Robinson was on. And we wondered why Alan Robinson had became an absolute zero. He was he was what, as Moose and Muhammad described 25 years ago, Chicago is where receivers go to die. Alan Robinson revealed Negi failed to meet with him after the 2020 season. Just like he failed to meet with Trubisky, according to reports, after the 2019 season. Robinson said on the podcast, it wasn't that I didn't talk to him. We didn't talk. I'm going to say we didn't talk because because from the time the season ended on that plane after the Saints game, that means the playoff game, the following 24 to 48 hours, there's some sort of exit meetings. For us, because of COVID, that was supposed to be scheduled with a head coach and management or however they were coordinating that via Zoom. Talk to the receivers coach. Talk to equipment, everybody else. A few days go by, no Zoom link. Week go by, no Zoom link. I'm a pending free agent at that point. I didn't know which direction they were wanting to go either way or not. So for me, I'm waiting for that exit meeting so we can talk about this thing. Like, what do you all see or think in the foreseeable future just to give me an idea? So for me, if it's supposed to be a Zoom link, send out to me, send to me the Zoom link. Cool. All right. I'm waiting for the Zoom link. So we can chop it up and see what's next, even from a football side. From how do we improve next year? A week go by, no Zoom link. Two weeks, no Zoom. Now January, we're into February. Nope. This, I, I shouldn't say it stuns me because we, we're learning more about just how stupid Matt Nagy was, just how bad of a head coach he was, just the way he he had so few people skills or was was missing major people skills does this surprise you or does this help you understand how Allen Robinson became less than an afterthought in this offense? 
I, I'd separate the fact that Robinson was very hurt for a lot of the season and playing through it. Also, some of the issues with Justin Fields in terms of processing uh, coverages and understanding Allen Robinson as a target. But also the fact that when we're talking about Matt Nagy, that they probably should have made this change last January. Like, they needed the house cleaning then. It was three years down. You knew this season wasn't going to get any better. Uh, you saw the opportunity to draft a quarterback. Granted, you didn't know you'd be able to trade up and get Justin Fields. But... They needed that fresh start a year ago, and some of the bits of dysfunction really leaked through whatever potential this season had, starting in January with these meetings that apparently didn't happen with like you're referring to. Uh, this was a bad situation. I'm guessing that the meeting that first fell apart because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace had that 48-hour period in January of 21 in which they weren't sure if they were going to be retained, and that decision wasn't fully made until, I think, the Wednesday after that Saints game. Uh yeah, and they let this thing really linger into a season where, which became pivotal for developing a rookie quarterback. And there were so many aspects that Matt Nagy, for all he put into this job, and I tip his cap for, you know, he, he left this thing with class. And uh, But at the same point, like, you really jeopardized everything in developing a young roster with a lame duck coach. And uh, it was clear going into the season that Nagy was going to have an uphill fight to save his job. And once he got into the thick of the season in November, you really saw he was not going to be back. So there were way too many games at the end of the season where Nagy probably should have been the man in charge. Mark, do you have any thoughts on that? What, what um, Robinson idea? Oh, yeah. You know, it was funny. I heard Stud say we got to get out of here. But I actually I did um, have a, a follow-up to that. And it's just a technicality. Chris, and that is the Bears could still bring Allen Robinson back, right? They could franchise him again or even still offer free agency money to him, correct? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, you just, it just it came to my brain just because you do have a new general manager who may, may from afar, have been looking at it and go, what the hell are they doing with Allen Robinson? And also, so, also, you tweeted out, you retweeted, I should say, Mark, the Allen Robinson's tweet, no lie, I got mad love for the city of Chicago. Yeah. Bang, bang. Yeah. Navy blue heart slash orange heart. Yeah, he's always loved being a bear. So, he likes the big market. He likes Chicago. He likes the like that's it. I think he really like wherever Allen Robinson ends up, whether it's with the Bears or somebody else. The dude loves the big market. He and, likes that. And we got that, and we got new management. So maybe he likes the whole idea. He's going to try the restaurant again. All okay. right, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your see, insight. <laughs> see you, Chris. Take care, Chris. I'm of the score. Um, Sorry, Steve. Awesome. I didn't mean to be awkward there, but you know, Studs was saying that I, was the last question, so that's why I, I understand. But thing. I wanted to—I yeah. I wasn't sure that was going to show up in I, what Mark heard our new oh, award-winning segment. So I oh. wanted to let you have a chance to weigh in. Oh no, I'm glad we talked about this because I'm sure it was awkward for the listener. So no, that that all makes sense. That's totally cool. And I actually wanted to ask, make sure that what I was thinking about, Alan, that Chris agreed on that technicality, that yeah. it's not out of the question that he's back next year. Of course. He's somebody they could sign. We'll yeah. see. Well, maybe there's a lot to be learned from Monday's press conference. That's at 11. It'll be on the score. Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus will be meeting Chicago, the media, taking questions, giving statements, doing all that stuff on Monday at 11 o'clock. We will bring it to you live right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And right after this comes our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. Saturday Suckage, of course, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.